The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. Okay, well we got to change. We got to talk food. You know that, right? Go- I love talking about food. <laughs> so food funny. makes me happy. We have not said a single word about food since uh, since Bill got here ten minutes ago. We've been talking about everything else, which just cracks me up. I wish we were having that conversation over a bevy and some food. Yes, that yes. would make it even more. Well, I'm going to do that Sunday afternoon for my birthday. All right, your birthday so, Sunday. Yep, Sunday. Happy I got birthday. some of my uh, friends coming over, and we're going to do a little. Grilling and gabbing? Absolutely. Grilling and gabbing. Yeah. What a great thing. uh, So I'm pumped up about that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, food makes me happy. My my Italian mother and grandmother taught me that food is love. It is. They're right. They're absolutely right. After you've eaten all your fill, they come around the table and what's, do you want some more? No, No, I'm I'm full grandma. I've had That's really funny that you said that because my my Irish grandmother (laughs) taught me that more is love. If you love my food... Have more. That's you got it right. Have that's, more. That's, you got to have more. That's exactly. Oh, right. honey, you're so skinny, Grandma. I can't even fit into the pants I'm wearing. What do you mean I'm so skinny? I'm not as big around as you are, Grandma. But you know, you're old. You're allowed to be fat. Give me time. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll send you a picture in heaven because I'll be round. I'll be big and round. So how the heck are you? You're up for election stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, I every day I work hard for the Republican Party. As I mentioned earlier, I, I just wrote an endorsement letter for Rebecca Clayfish, and uh, so I'm going to be sending that into the Lacrosse Tribune. And then I put together the uh, we got a Republican Party meeting tonight, so I, of course yeah. I got to chair that meeting. So that's at six o'clock tonight. So I'm getting everything lined up for that. And, and this time of meeting. year, there is no downtime for you. Are you going to take time off on Sunday to just gab? Yeah. And eat and not take notes or have any official blah, blah. Just let's just talk and we'll eat some food and we'll have some fun. And then you'll go home and I'll stay home and, and Monday we'll start over again because I'll be a year older. And, so these uh, are all my Republican children that are yeah. coming home. Oh, except oh. some of them are 40 years old now and well, some of them are 35 <laughs> years old. But they were yeah. just college kids when I first met them. Sure, so, sure. That's great. Uh, State Senator Julian Bradley's coming home and yeah, all these kids that. I call them kids. They're, they're men they now, are but kids. They, but they work in. They're your kids because you're old enough to call them kids. Yes. My dad told me that. Yeah. My and dad I, told so me I've, that. I've You'll had, always be my kid. I don't care how old you are. I'm way older than you. You're my right. kid. You're well, always I've, I've kid. had the joy of seeing them go on and pursue the their passion, which was politics. So three of them that are coming home, they work in state senate offices now. Awesome. So. There might be a little political conversation that goes on. Well, and that's okay. Yeah. That, you know, conversation is fine but it's birthday and so there can't be too much huffing and puffing well we're going to eat a lot of good food and have a few beverages awesome. might even have myself a little brandy manhattan well that's good and one of the things that i am for sure going to have and and it's where we're going to start talking about food here is uh i love shrimp cocktail oh it's it's my favorite thing if i go out to dinner i almost always am going to order a shrimp, a cocktail, shrimp cocktail appetizer and the best one I ever had was at the Old Piggies. Oh. And they did it in a way. Yeah. So Chris Roderick was 
at the old piggies at one time too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, what they did was they'd serve it in a like a martini glass, except it was half cocktail sauce and half remoulade sauce. Oh, so I'm going to give people my remoulade recipe. Recipe, yeah. But that combination of the of the cocktail sauce and the remoulade sauce. Oh my gosh, is it good? And then stir that together, cocktail and remoulade stirred what, together. What or? you can do that if you want to, but the way I liked it was I just dip that big old jumbo mm-hmm. shrimp in there and get a little bit of both. Half and half, yeah. Yeah, okay. and the combination right. of the flavors is just out of this world. Oh. And you know, I traveled for eighteen years as a food rep. I've been in thousands and thousands of restaurants and this is still my favorite recipe for no kidding. shrimp cocktail. Yeah, it's, it's hey, awesome. Chris, by the way, it, I don't know if Chris is listening right now. If you are, buddy, you should be on Cooley Region Cooks again. If any of you that are listening are going to spend any time around Chris later, tell him Hayes was talking about you on the air this morning, Chris. And if you don't get on Cooley Region Cooks one of these days, he's going to start making stuff up because he hasn't seen you in Maybe so long. Maybe he can bring us the remoulade recipe because I, I want his recipe. I, I you know I actually went so far as I went back in the kitchen one night oh, and tried to get the kitchen around, staff yeah. to tell me how What's they were the making recipe? this stuff. On, and uh, one of the guys told me it was uh, it started with the Thousand Island dressing base. Oh, and when we start talking about you know what's going to go in the remoulade sauce, you'll mm-hmm. see how how that could be because basically. A simple uh, Thousand Island dressing is just, uh, it's mayonnaise, it's pickle relish, and then ketchup or tomato paste. That's that's a simple Thousand that's Island dressing. That's Thousand Island, yeah. Right. So those are some of the ingredients. Ingredients in yours. In, in the, the remoulade, the imitation. Right. My poor imitation. It's not the real I'm deal. A, I'm going to say it's pretty good, but it's not as good as Chris's. So let's get him back here. Let's right. get that Chris, recipe. Chris, come on, Chris. buddy. I'd love to have you back on Cooley Region Cooks. Please. So let's let's dive into. All right, so let's this make is, this, this. This is, is yours. Remoulade sauce. How recipe. often? Before we start the recipe, I just want to ask you if you and my dad are on the same page. As often as not, he would go to a restaurant. We would all go out for dinner, and he'd be sitting over there, put a mouthful of food in his mouth, and then you can tell he's not actually chewing it or swallowing it. He's deconstructing it with his tongue. <laughs> it's in his mouth, and he's just moving it around to the front of his mouth, the back, his palate, trying to figure out all the different ingredients. Are you doing that at the table, too? I am the absolute uh, <laughs> I, I am a That's critic. That's so funny. I, you know, I am, I am a foodie, and when that I go into so any funny. restaurant and I'm sitting there, it doesn't matter what it is in the meal. My brain is doing what it did for 18 years when I made my living. This is this so way. good. What yeah. that? Well, it's like, oh, yeah, man, what, uh, man, what's what that? They, what did they well, use? And you can see that there's red powder. pepper or olives or whatever is in. Oh, yeah. My dad used to do that with an autopasto I'm to the point where he'd stealing. spread out the ingredients on the counter. We used to say borrow with pride, but I'll steal but, anybody's recipe if yeah. I like it. So. Well, steal it with pride. You know, yeah. you might hey, have to steal. Yes. A lot of people won't tell you what the But you know is. what? And those people are crazy, I think. Uh, and Chris has said it any number of times. I'll give you the recipe. you got to come to the restaurant. And, right. you know, I'll, I'm giving it to you now on Cooley Region Cooks, but... If uh, I can't, his handwriting is so horrible. I couldn't, I couldn't print it, and I couldn't read it uh, as often as not. So he would absolutely. I'd give you the recipe, absolutely, hundred percent. Won't even leave anything out. But you got to come to the restaurant and get it. And so you want this recipe, you got to go to the restaurant. Then ask for him if he's able. He'll come out and give it to you. I'd so, rather have him here though. So let's dive into the yeah, recipe yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, let's do it. So we're talking about a remoulade sauce. If you go to the internet, you can pull up a thousand different. Um, recipes for a remoulade sure. sauce this is my own original remoulade sauce which is 
based on having tried a lot of different recipes, trying to get back to that one that, that I had at Piggy's. Sure, sure. But we start with a cup of mayonnaise. Always Hellman's mayonnaise, okay? I used to sell Hellman's mayonnaise, but I'm just going to tell you why you always want Hellman's mayonnaise. Okay. Because they purify their oil to a level that no other manufacturer does. Really? So if you look at raw soybean oil, it's green, and that's yeah. from all the impurities in it. Oh. The, the soybean oil that goes into Hellman's mayonnaise is golden. All the impurities are gone, so it doesn't mask the flavor of whatever you're making with it. So you should always use Hellman's mayonnaise. It is absolutely the gold standard. For what about Hellman's light mayonnaise? Um, I'm not a fan of light anything. Yeah. So, uh, Full you know, fat or nothing? What, what you're doing, okay, so what is mayonnaise? It's eggs and oil, essentially. Right. So to make it light, what are we going to do? We're either going to have less oil or, or less, less eggs. eggs. Sometimes they'll add water and other things in there, other fillers. Get the good stuff. Get the real Hellman's mayonnaise. Okay. All right. In fact, we used to sell a product, which was Hellman's extra heavy mayonnaise, which had even more extra egg in it. (laughs) That's funny. Yes. And that was a lot of the restaurants that that, uh, um, made products with our mayonnaise. They wanted that extra heavy product. Well, and that's that's totally logical. You know, I I stand in the grocery store looking for cream cheese. Well, you know, Noofsa Chell's a third of the calories. You pick up the full fat and you think, well, this one, the full fat is 80. Well, that's not... It's only 70. What? Yeah, get the, the stuff that the tastes taste is good. so, I was just right. going to say, the taste is so if you're, different. If you're making a salad dressing, you're probably eating something healthy like salad. So right. you, can, you can afford to have a little <laughs> fat in there. We don't right. have to be, you know. Just really don't strict. drown the salad. Yeah, go dressing. for a walk after dinner. You then, then, okay. then you can have the good stuff. Perfect. So, okay. So Hellman's, the real stuff. We're going to start stuff. with this cup of Hellman's real <laughs> mayonnaise. I'll never buy light again, I Hellman's promise. Hellman's real mayonnaise. That's what we want. promise. Okay. Then... Two tablespoons of whole grain mustard. So if, if you've ever seen the whole grain mustard, mm-hmm. it's actually tiny little mustard, mustard seeds. seeds. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they grind mustard seeds to make the yellow mustard. And <clears throat> even some of the whole grain mustard is, you know, ground into. Uh, sure. Uh, it's a still mustard, ground, but, just not as just fine. Just get the whole grain yeah. mustard. You want the whole grain so that you have that little granule that goes into your remoulade yep. sauce. So yep. t- two tablespoons of whole grain mustard, two tablespoons of ketchup. Remember back to the, we're making a cheap Thousand Island dressing? Yep, yep. One tablespoon. Wait a minute, whose ketchup are we buying? Hellman's uh, doesn't make ketchup, so uh, who did you rep back in the day? It's you know, the only one because they purified the tomatoes. We did ketchup, believe it or not, really? for the restaurant business. Yeah, oh. so I did a lot of professional cuttings with our chefs yeah. on Various ketchup products. Sure. So, um, of course, everybody loves Heinz, but I'll tell you, there's a product you can buy it at Festival Foods. It's called Red Gold. It's manufactured in Illinois. Oh. And it is uh, in taste test. It measured up with with the Heinz. Really? No yeah. kidding. And it's. I've it's never a, seen their ketchup. I buy their salsa all the time. Yeah, I. You know, come to think of it, I, I don't know if Festival still carries that or not. But I'll that, look for it. But the Red Gold ketchup was fine. Okay. If not, buy the Heinz. Okay. Um, okay. Just making no. sure I'm not making a mistake here. At least they don't have full fat and and one third fat ketchup. It's oh my gosh! It's when they start the making low cal ketchup, it's the it's, end it's, of Western that's civilization. Trouble. It's I, come trouble. on, we got to have real ketchup. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So we're we get the two tablespoons of ketchup. We add that in one tablespoon of fresh lemon juice. Mm-hmm. One tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce. Gotcha. Worcestershire right. sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire sauce. 
That's what we're going to put in there. Okay. One cup of very finely chopped scallions, or green onions, some people call them. Yeah, yeah. One quarter cup finely chopped, fresh, flat leaf parsley. Okay. One stock of very finely chopped celery. Okay. Two cloves of garlic minced. One teaspoon of paprika. Two teaspoons of a hot sauce of your choice. And a quarter teaspoon of fresh ground black pepper. Now, anybody that's heard me on the show before knows I'm obsessed about how the pepper is ground. Uh And you want to be buying restaurant grind black pepper. Not finely ground, not coarsely ground, restaurant grind black pepper. Okay, let me ask, what about buying peppercorns in a grinder, bringing them home, and turn it over and twist if you got a grinder that allows you to control the size of the pepper that comes out of there, it that's does, fine. to a degree. McCormick's makes one. Yeah. Is it adjustable? Uh-huh. Okay. There you go. That's too much work for me. I just buy the big shaker of restaurant grind black pepper because I use this in everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so right. that's a... Uh, My mom has that or had it in her kitchen, a great huge pepper because she put pepper on everything. And restaurant grind versus, well, not finely ground, but uh, versus, I don't know. Uh, a restaurant ground, they're using it in the kitchen. Are they also putting it out on the table? Because the holes in the top of the pepper shaker look about the same size I, as everybody this else's is like, pepper. When I said I go into restaurants and I obsess over everything, uh, uh, and I, uh, yeah, uh. this is one of the things I obsess over. Okay. If there's a fine ground pepper in the pepper shaker, uh. I don't like that at all. It doesn't come out of there right. Oh, Too yeah. Much no, I don't like it either. Yeah. You know, no, I don't like fine grind. No. no. Uh, the fresh ground black pepper, that's fine. Okay. You know, uh, sometimes, though... It, it gets ground too coarse, and that really changes the flavor profile, right? Yeah. Because, well, well, we're getting to this, but we've got all this stuff in the bowl now to make mm-hmm. our remoulade sauce. Mm-hmm. And we're going to you know, whisk all this stuff together really good, and then we're going to put it in the refrigerator, and what are we going to let it do? Let it sit till tomorrow. Yeah. If you can. Yeah, let hopefully. it sit in there for a while so that those flavors start to diffuse through Right, the, because the flavor profile changes. Oh yeah, right? it takes a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it in the morning; you can have it for dinner. But make it in the afternoon and eat it tomorrow. That'd be better. So, so we're chilling that off, and then hey, you know, you can buy your own uh, cocktail sauce, or mm-hmm. you can make cocktail sauce. So, one of the ways that uh, I make cocktail sauce is I go and I buy the Heinz chili sauce, mm-hmm. and then I buy some. Um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, Oh, my gosh. I'm drawing the blank on it. The horseradish. Oh, horseradish. The horseradish. Oh, and then, yeah, and then yeah. you know, mix. you can mix it to to the um, flavor profile that you like. Mm-hmm. So if you like it really hot, you know, to where you can feel it go up in your sinuses, yep, yep. you can decide that. Or if you like a little bit less, but you get to control, you know, how much horseradish sauce you put into your cocktail sauce. Right. Uh, you can buy, you know, cocktail sauces that are... Um, uh, pre-made. There's a good one I buy at Festival Foods. It's called. It's called. Uh, I think it's Lacrosse and something. Uh, it's it's right in front of their oh, meat case. But, okay. But it's a really good quality. Oh, down on that one of those yeah, lower it's shelves. On that, yeah, one yeah. of those low shelves down there. Got it. Got it. Uh, they can help you find it. But that's a good one. That's pre-made. Sure. If you, you want to buy the pre-made, I, that's I've made the one my own. I buy. I've made but I make my own, own a lot of the time. Yeah. So then we chill all this stuff off, and then when it comes time to serve the shrimp cocktails, like I said, the way piggies used to do it is they would serve it, um, you know, in a cocktail glass. So, right. you know, in a martini you know, glass. A martini glass. So you can do that. 
Or we actually have a tray that has a uh, little um, bowl in the middle of it. Oh, sure. So then I just I put them in half and half. Oh, yeah. Put them right a little right. yin and yang going on yep, in the bowl. And, then, you know, and they're different colors. So people that know, I mean, people that sit down know, hey, there's two different kinds of sauce in this little bowl. And you can use one or the other or both of them, as I, as yeah. I like to do. And then, and then you can serve that tray, put that out. Awesome. So when people are coming over to have their Brandy Manhattan, you know, yeah. with their tr- with their Little snacks, sauce, like yeah. my in-laws mm-hmm. call it, we're going to have snacks. some cocktails with snacks. There's <laughs> there's your snack to start your patio party. <laughs> Works really well. I like that. Uh, uh, horsey sauce. I, you, my dad, I don't even know why. He, I, I never got around to asking him why. He would buy craft made it makes. Maybe they still do. And I think they actually call it horsey sauce. It's horseradish. It's not 100% horseradish. It's horseradish and stuff. Uh, maybe because my mom couldn't really handle super hot. But Bucky's makes yes. horseradish in Wisconsin. Oh, baby, is well, that Well, they good? also make a squeeze uh, creamy uh, horseradish sauce. Oh, do they? I buy that. Yep. Oh, I just Sue, buy the horseradish and make my own. Cause Sue and her dad I love like it. You know that burgundy spoon roast that Bessel oh, yeah. has. Yeah, yeah. We we grill that up, slice it real thin, and then we serve that on a nice tilami bun oh, with that baby. horseradish yeah. sauce. Very good. Yeah, a little extra sharp cheddar if it was at my house, or maybe some fre- some provolone. So I you're getting all kinds of good place. ideas for Sunday's oh, yeah. uh, barbecue with the yeah, family or yeah. friends, right? Well, we'll be having birthday parties in separate backyards because I'll be eating my birthday. I'll be eating your birthday at my house. I'll tip it. Well, I don't like brandy old fashioned, so I'll have a cocktail of some sort and uh, tip one to you and your birthday. Well, I'm an old bartender, so there I there really wasn't any one that I didn't like. Nice margarita's good, too. Yeah, well, there, there you go. I would probably have a margarita just because I know how to make those. I don't know how to make a really good brandy old fashioned. What can I tell you? I don't have a – don't you have to mull? Muddle. Muddle, I mean muddle, yeah. yeah. I don't it. have a mortar and pestle. I had one, but somebody thought, hey, that's really cool. I think I'm going to take that. Angostura bitters go in there with the orange and the cherry, and you got to have the little tool to muddle. Yep. I guess that's a pestle. Yep. Mortar and pestle, the thing, and grind them all up yeah. and make a mess. And you grind yeah. that all up in there, and then you can – a lot of people don't realize that you put the brandy in there. I like the Corbell brandy, but mm-hmm. you put the – it's supposed to be with soda, just soda water, so it's oh. not as sweet. Yep. But here in Wisconsin, we've taken brandy old fashions to an art form. Totally. So That's why they're popular. you can have them sweet with 7-Up or you can have them sour. So there's... Right, actually, and you just and that's why you'll hear that at tables. Brandy old fashioned sweet, brandy old fashioned sour. A friend of mine would say brandy old fashioned no salad, which meant I just want the cocktail part. You can leave the hunks of cherry and the hunks of orange and the hunks no, of stuff. I don't want any salad in there. Cherry, well, just, you know, just muddle sets. it and whatever's in the bottom of the glass is fine. I don't want any salad in mine. No salad, huh? That's what he said. Okay. What's, what can I tell you? Is that, that's it? Then just eat. Right? Well, that's, that's, you know, and like I said, I like to let that stuff sit in the refrigerator for a day. So all those flavors melt together. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you got to go to a commercial, but I one do. of the things I want to talk about when we get back uh-huh. is different cuts of, you know, the different oh. cuts of beef, yeah. prime, choice, right. select. And I want to know, what are you going to do with your leftover cocktail sauce? Because you're going to make a big bowl. You're going to eat a pound, maybe two pounds, depending on how many people come over, two pounds of shrimp to go with your big bowl of homemade cocktail sauce. There's going to be some leftover cocktail sauce. I want to know what you do with it and we'll compare. 
because okay. I always have left. I, in fact, Sue Schultz taught me this a long time ago. It's not leftovers, Mike. It's planned overs. I know <laughs> that I make extra because I want there to be leftovers to eat tomorrow on something else. We'll be right back. Raising. Yeah, but you can smell it, and that's my favorite part. You can hear it perking, blah, blah, blah. When you start to smell it, you know have there's enough coffee supper. in that pot to go have some. A little festive coffee on a Sunday morning, and then I can sit down and plan my Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening meal extravaganza. I have nothing to do on Sunday. Uh-oh. <laughs> that means I get to play. My dad was so excited about that. He'd start playing in the kitchen 10 o'clock. Kids and grandkids would be out playing in the pool, and he'd be in there singing and fooling around. And Mom would be watching tennis, and he'd be like a scient- like mad scientist, mixing this and mixing that and tasting it. And, yes, he had a cocktail during the day. It didn't matter because it's 5 o'clock someplace, damn it. And this is my house, and if you want to eat dinner here, you better cut that out. Uh, and he just had a blast, and it always ended up being really good. Can you do that again, Dad? Can you make that again tomorrow? Oh, Maybe. <laughs> I might be able to make that again tomorrow, but not the day after tomorrow because I won't remember all the stuff that's in it because he shopped with his tongue. Go to the store and say, man, I was really looking for this cut of meat. You don't have one of those. So now I got to now I have to stand here for a minute. Imagine, as we were just discussing off the air, now we can talk about it on the air. Since you can't, with inflation changing the price of everything, right? you got to be a little more creative. You still want something delicious and tasty, and how do you? How do you get there? So that's one of the things that naturally happens when we go into a recession and we got a bad economy like the one we got right now is people stop going out to eat and they start eating at home more. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I thought we could talk about quickly is the different cuts of, of beef. I used to broker uh, meat products sure. at one time. And so, you know, the, the three top uh, cuts of meat are prime, and then below that is choice, and then below that is select. So what's the difference between these different cuts of meat. Well, the basic difference is the amount of marbling, amount the, of fat, right. the amount of fat that's in the product. And choice, a choice steak is a very good steak, but I guarantee you, if you go and you, you try the prime cut once, you're, you're going to go, yes, yeah. I, now I get it. It's, it's more tender. It's more flavorful. Yeah. And, uh, as we were talking about off air, uh, last weekend, I went, I bought a package of four uh, beef tenderloins, prime cut. It was $45, so about $11 a steak. And uh, it was fantastic. And, you you know, you go to a nice steakhouse, and you're going to spend you 45 bucks on one, one, one meal. Sure. Exactly. Sure. So um, if you're looking to save some money, but you still want to have a really nice steak dinner, uh, you know, the way you do it is you, you go to your favorite place wherever you get your meat and, and step up and get that prime cut, right. pay a little bit more for it. And then, you know, when you're grilling, uh, I see people make all kinds of mistakes when they're grilling meat. Get that grill as hot as you could possibly right. get it. Yeah. Uh, my grill at home, will I, I can get that up to 700 degrees. So can I. And I can and, get my, up. Uh, well, not anymore, but uh, the oven I used to have, I when they installed it, the guys at Wetstein said, don't leave yet, please, because this, the dial says 500, and I need it to get hotter than that. So you need to stay here and help me. F- you know how to do that. And I don't care if it doesn't say 700, but I need it to be hot. So we dinked around with it for a while, and my oven got painfully hot. 
Well, that's what you just want. Just I wanted it, yeah. Because if you go into the high-end place like a Roos Chris, I mean, they've got those broilers that are 1,200 or 1,400 degrees. And, yeah. And the whole idea here is when you get it really hot like that, you're searing the meat, you're searing in the juices of the meat. Right. And so I use the timer on my phone three minutes. So I get the grill, start heating it up, you know, usually about 10 minutes ahead of time. And then I go out and I pop that thing on there for three minutes. When that timer goes off, I grab the tongs. I always use tongs. You don't no, use it's a never fork. never a fork. Oh, my God. Don't spear right. your food. Watch all that juice drip down. Right. We don't want to cook the juice out of it. No, no. Grab the tongs, flip it over, reset that timer, three minutes on that side. And what you're going to have, it's going to be rare. Yeah, and uh, and then from there, if you have people who don't know how to eat steak, excuse me. No. If yeah. you have people who. That's right. Give them a blindfold and <laughs> tell them this is the best steak you're ever going to eat. <laughs> they want it. Turn the lights down, you know. It's well, atmosphere. Yeah, some people like it medium rare. That's okay. It's it's the well done thing that I can't uh, take. But but you can just cook it uh, on the. What I do is I, I put it on the upper rack then, and it doesn't take very long. I mean, when the oven's that hot yep. or the inside of the grill's that hot, um, you can reduce the heat down even. Uh, just cook it for a few more minutes. But take it off of that direct heat once you've uh, once you've seared in all the juices. Right. And you, you know, with a little practice, side. you'll know. I oh, need absolutely. to go this many more well, minutes somebody for told Uncle me, Charlie, who likes it well done. One of the, yeah, well, you know, Uncle Charlie's not invited to my house. <laughs> I, 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 I learned that at, uh, at uh, the Del Bar in, uh, in uh, Wisconsin. Tommy's Del Bar. I was taken there for dinner once because a good friend of ours got a big fat raise, and he's going to a steakhouse. It's super expensive. doesn't matter. I'm buying. I got a big raise. And I, so I thought, hey, you know, I've never Did had. Did you say Del Bar? Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite restaurant in Wisconsin. Oh, man. The Del Bar is there. my favorite. Well, and the head chef, this was many, many years ago, so I don't know if it's the same head chef. Uh, but I ordered, I've never had Italian cave aged beef. So I thought, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a steak, Italian cave aged steak, medium well, please. Asparagus, blah, blah, blah. No. A little girl went, came back a few minutes later. Sir, I'm very sorry. Chef would like you to pick something else off the menu. He will not cook the steak medium well. Well, you know, I start get. I was going to get all huffy. What do you mean he's not going to? Customers out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm in a five-diamond restaurant, and the head chef said, you're an idiot. I am not going to cook your steak so that you can have a bite and then say, what's the big deal? This steak does taste like everybody else's steak. It's five times as expensive. No, no. All right. Well, then I stopped that didn't say any of that that went through my brain in about two seconds please i don't want to change the menu item have the chef's choice have him cook it the way he would eat it at his house bring it to me and it was just just 30 seconds north of rare just pink in the middle juicy as could be god it was so good eat it with a fork no knife i have never had a steak cooked anywhere else any other way than that i i just think most people if they, if they would try it, Ugh. they, they would, will. They wouldn't they will. want to go back. And understand that the red part is not blood. Get over that. A little business. We'll be back. You're not going anywhere, are you? Nope. All right. Good deal. Well, and I'm learning so much. We're going to cancel the rest of the show while I take the Bill Fee <laughs> class on on uh, meat preparation, cutting. Yeah, and we, well, I know how to cut them. It's, uh, we went way off into. That's okay. You know, but you're right. And you made the mistake of saying, uh, Bill Fee a fountain of useless food information, and I disagree a hundred percent. Because people, if you if you spent a cocktail hour, someplace, not a single politician, pol- political word, 
only food words that people would say, this was really interesting, refreshing. Wow, because we didn't talk politics. There was no, I hate you, you're an idiot. Because nobody says, that's not how you make a steak. Delicious, you're an idiot. No, no, nobody ever said that. Taste this. Oh, that's delicious. I'm an idiot. Okay, because learning about making food taste better is way more important than who you're going to vote for. Amen. If you're hungry. And, and you know, that's the, that's the sad thing about where we are as a society right now. Uh, We've lost all patience for people that disagree with us. Yeah. It's too bad. I agree. So, but we can still have all of our friends over on the patio and have our barbecue and mm-hmm, have a mm-hmm. nice cocktail and, um, and enjoy hey, I, what is – this weather is unreal, right? Yeah, oh, no question. I, the, unrelated to steaks, but I, and I didn't hear the answer, but I was watching – an episode of Top Chef, and I fell asleep before the end. But one of the chefs that was competing was making burgers, make your best burger, and he had ground beef and chorizo. And the judges said, oh, my God, he mixed the chorizo with the beef to make his burger. Oh, my, I can't believe he did that. And I didn't hear why that's a bad idea. Well, a, a chorizo is a pork, ground pork, Usually with some kind of pepper that's been uh, mm-hmm. ground in with the pork. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't know. You know, usually when you're combining pork and beef, it's into some kind of sausage or meatball. That's <laughs> that's common in Italian cooking. Yeah. But uh, the chorizo is just, that's going to have pepper in there, which is going to bring some spiciness to oh. it. Oh, well, maybe so, that's what he was making a different. He was just making burgers. You know, make your favorite family thing and they were teasing you know that's a it's a pretty common thing Uh, okay i remember when Derek van orden was on the show yeah and i can't pronounce what he called it but it's an eastern european thing where it's got uh it's got lamb and it's got uh, um beef and 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 pork it's got the three things in there and and they, they grind it all together with some other... The mirepoix of meat. Onion. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yes. The trinity go. of meat. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a... My whole thing about doing burgers is, how you know, I, I, I like to do just the ground beef. Um, you know, we can talk about what's the right percentage of fat, right? So in the restaurant business you're going to find that your hamburgers are generally 80-20, 80% meat, 20% fat. Yep. Because you need that fat to make it form a patty. You know, uh, I've experimented a lot with this because, you know, I'm trying to get the fat out of my diet. And you try to make hamburger patties out of 90-10, it just doesn't seem to work It's dry. Well, Well, but, you know, the other thing, and the same deal with steak. Don't trim that, all that fat off the steak and then cook it. Cook it with all the fat on it. But don't eat the fat. Then you can trim it off on the plate and leave some of that fat aside. But that fat is adding huge flavor to whether it's a steak or a burger. Or Absolutely, something. that's where that is where yeah. fat tastes good. That's one it of does. the rules that's, of the food that's business. That's the tough part. But if you're grilling it, it's going to run off into the fire anyway. And I like my I like set. my burgers. Um, well, my wife Sue, she likes everything rare, rare, rare. Yeah. So and um, and I like mine more medium rare with the, with the burger. But you know, I don't I don't like generally like cooking stuff till it's brown all the way no through. me neither i used to but that was before i actually sat down and had a really expensive steak cooked by a five diamond chef who knew what he was talking about mm. so this is the way to eat it Hayes. well he said sir 
because we didn't know each other back then, and I was buying uh, or paying, and so that's when I learned the proper way to do it. All right, so I did the last time up with burger conversation, well, it, not the last time, but on a previous appearance on the show, uh, I talked about doing grilled rack of lamb, oh. which is still one of my absolute favorite things. Um, they've got these French racks of lamb at Sam's Club, and so. You, you buy the package. There's a couple yeah. of racks in there um, that'll reasonably serve a party of four. It's a two and a half pound package, so you'll easily Easy. serve sure. four people, maybe more. And um, but but you said it earlier. You know, this is something that people get a little bit intimidated about trying to do rack of lamb. And one of the problems that I identified when I first started doing it was. If you aren't watching that rack very closely, those bones, there's so yeah. much grease in the lamb that all of a sudden you get a grease fire going, and the next thing you know, the those little uh, ribs are, are are charred. Yeah, black. And they, they, and, they and will so, impact the flavor of the meat that's wrapped around them so much. Right. So what we want to do is we want to um, make sure that when we're cooking the, the lamb on the grill that we're watching it. Again, same principle here. We're going to sear it on each side probably for two minutes, minute and a half. Uh, you know, you're looking for caramelization, right? What's that? Well, there's naturally occurring sugars in the meat. And what we're doing is we're turning those into caramel with the heat. That's makes what makes it. a little sauce. It makes a little when your steak, when your lamb is making its own sauce, that's caramelization. Baby. Starts to turn brown. Yeah. So then, yeah. then take it up onto the top rack and, and finish it there. So uh, the way that I like to do this is uh, I'll take some olive oil, and after I've washed the rack of lamb, get rid of any uh, bone chips. You know, anytime you're dealing with something that has bones in it, you want to wash it and make sure that you get any uh, chips that might have uh, got caught in the meat sure, out sure. of there. Oh, yep. Yeah, you don't want somebody biting into, you know, a pork rib or a beef rib. Right, or... My lamb is crunchy. What's up with that? Uh... Yeah, well, yeah, and you could break a tooth, which would be even worse. So uh, we wash that off, make sure we get rid of any bone chips, uh, pat it dry. Then we're going to take some olive oil. We're going to rub that olive oil all over those racks of lamb. Uh, that just helps the seasoning that we're going to put on here um, adhere. So then uh, what I want to do is I want to put some granulated garlic. Again, granulated, not powdered. Granulated garlic. We're yep. going to put the granulated garlic on there. Uh, then I like to put that restaurant grind black pepper on there. Uh, and then one of the things that I started doing, because putting just whole rosemary leaves on there, those rosemary leaves are kind of chewy, yeah. and I didn't really like that. So I started putting them into a mortar mortar oh. and pestle and Making grinding it into mush. a rosemary powder well it's i'm using okay. the dried leaves oh you are oh okay yeah, so i'm not using the fresh leaves all right all right um and then so i just i grind that into a nice powder i put that on there because i really like that uh, rosemary, rosemary flavor and i mean with, and, the, and lamb yeah yeah, yeah exactly so mm -hmm. then you know um once you rub all that stuff on there good um then you can take it out to the grill and, and cook it as we described yeah. Um, I like to serve this with um, my great-grandmother's recipe for risotto, oh, which yeah. risotto is just yeah. rice. Um, yeah, but you want to buy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> okay. it's, it's you 
say that if you want to. But Roso, it's it's sticky a, rice. It's risotto. It's, it's not. I didn't wreck the rice. It's risotto. It started out to be <laughs> rice, but then it went south, and so now it's risotto. So I like the uh, I like the arborio rice. That's A R B O R I O. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a different. You you'll tell if you look at that little rice kernel. Right. It doesn't look like a rice kernel. It looks like a little ball. It a is. Little. It's a it's a it's a yeah. fatter, plumper, a teeny tiny gnocchi. Just like Italian <laughs> grandmothers, it's a little plumper. Yeah. So so that's uh, so you get your you get your arborio rice. Um, you know you can buy that anywhere. I like to buy. Uh, there's a, a container of it that I buy sure. at festival a lot. Yep, yep. So at any rate, we're going to talk a little bit about how we're going to make this uh, t- what I call tomato parmesan risotto. Okay. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to fine chop a half a cup of uh, onion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. I like to use Vidalia onions or uh, or yellow a onion. sweet onion if you can find it. Yep. Sweet onion yep. if you can find it. Um, and so uh, I, I chop that up. I'm going to put that in the pan with some olive oil and some minced garlic and, and start to saute that under low heat until that onion becomes translucent, right? So that's once we've done that, uh, what we will have done previously is we'll have taken a couple of teaspoons of chicken base uh, into about 16 ounces of boiling water. And I do that right in the microwave. I just put that... Um, it's a pitcher that I sure. use to, to get yep. it boiling. That yep. just getting it really hot and boiling like that. When you put that chicken base in there, it's just going to um, dissolve a lot easier in the boiling water. And we should talk a little bit. You know, a lot of people probably have used uh, bullion cubes, and a bullion cube is like the cheapest chicken base product in the world. Yeah, um, I used to sell those products too, and you know, a, a, a chicken base. Uh, a low-end chicken brace is, is uh, like a granular, almost, it's a dry consistency. Sure, sure. What you want is you want to get something that's more of a paste. I, yeah, I was just so. going to say, use soup base. Right. It's, a, it's like paste. Right. And they so make it in all kinds of flavors. They, they have, Beef and chicken and lamb and vegetable and mushroom. and Yeah, and, and the brand that, that uh, I like that you can buy retail is called Better Than Bullion. Oh, there you go. And so. Me too. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I like. So take a couple teaspoons of that, and I got the wrong mayonnaise, but I got the right soup base, baby. <laughs> Always Hellman's real mayonnaise. I know, I know. I, I got Hellman's. It's just not as fat as it should be. You, it's got. I got the right of, soup base. I, I do of like fat, that better so than base. Good. Better than soup is it, that stuff is really good. So then the Less next salt also. The next thing that I do is I take the tomato paste. As a kid, it was always contadina. You can use whatever tomato paste you like, but I add six ounces of that tomato paste into that 16 ounces of boiling water. Why do I do that? My mom used to stir the tomato paste right into the rice when she added it into the onions and Mm -hmm. the oil. I just, to me, it just makes so much more sense just to get it all dissolved. Sure. uh, Ahead of time. Well, it spreads around easier when it's more. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a little extra work. You know, what we're going to do is we're going to add that arboreal rice into the trans, once we get the onion translucent, the onions, yep, we're yep. going to add that in it. We're going to saute that for about two minutes. Uh, that changes the consistency of the rice, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you like a little more al dente with a little more texture, mm-hmm. the amount of time that you saute that rice, you know, that's going to make a, a difference. Less. If you want it a little softer, or if you want it softer, then you don't. A longer. 
just drop it in there and start adding. You will not there. be the first person who sticks a tiny little spoon in that pan, scoops out a couple of them, goes over to the sink, blows on them till they're cool enough to put in your mouth, and then say, yep, that's perfect, or it's too hot, and then try it again. Everybody does that. So how much rice do we add? There, people are at home going, well, what's Two up cups? with this recipe? How much rice? One cup. One cup, okay. One cup of arboreal rice. So what if I have a huge family? Well, then double everything Other, I just, yeah, just yeah. told you to do. But this is going to produce uh, plenty of rice to, to accompany the, the amount of uh, lamb that we're talking about producing yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. So then what do we do? We slowly add that mixture of the tomato paste and the chicken stock into our rice, and we stir it. And so as a kid, I watched my mom stand over the kitchen stove doing this. I couldn't even begin to estimate how many hours she must have done that. But it is a time-consuming process. you got to continue to stir in the liquid. You don't want it to stick to the pan and burn, so it's it's fairly labor-intensive. And so I usually do all of this before I start the preparation of the meat. The meat is the last thing sure. that, that's going to be prepared. So what else do I like to have with this meal? Um, color and, and eye appeal is important. So we're going to have this nice, it's basically going to come out as an orange color hmm. in, in the risotto. Um, and then I like to do the uh, asparagus with it. So one of the things I learned was that um, when you steam a, a vegetable, a green vegetable, mm-hmm. it causes that green color to just pop. Get intense, yeah. Right. So the way I like to do the asparagus is I like to do it in an aluminum foil pouch. Oh, so okay. take your sheet of aluminum foil. Um, I like to buy a two-pound bag of asparagus at Sam's Club. Take your knife. Trim off the last inch and a half or so of those stalks. That's super chewy. You don't want that in there. Uh, You add in two or three tablespoons of olive oil. And then I use, we talked about this on the last show, you know, fast scratch. I I have a container of minced garlic because I don't want to sit there and mince garlic. No, me too. Keep it in the refrigerator. It's about this big. It's glass. It stays for Mine, I need the it. one I buy is about Even bigger, a, I'm sure. it's, it's probably a pint anyway. Yeah. But but anyway, um, you know, so throw some of that in there. Olive oil uh, along with the garlic and asparagus. The Romans enjoyed this meal, all right? <laughs> so it's been around a long time. That is seriously good stuff. Yeah, so then we, we fold up the, the foil pouch. And uh, so taking a step back, we've got our ran- lamb ready to go out to the grill. We've got mm-hmm. our pouch. We go out there, we put that uh, asparagus uh, on the top rack for a few minutes, mm-hmm. give it a chance to start cooking, uh, you know, maybe about five minutes or so. Um, again, if you've got your your grill super hot, yeah. it's not going to take long. Take, yeah. And then we do the lamb, as we previously described. And uh, I like to take that pouch and put it right down on, on the grill for, for about a minute or two just to kind of finish it off. And then we go back inside. We take our shredded Parmesan cheese, and we're going to add that shredded parm back into the risotto, and boom, dinner's ready. Yep, right after that. When the when the Parmesan is just getting gooey, then eat it. It's delicious. All right, a little business. We'll be right back. Bill Fan, Cooley Region Cooks. Wow,